Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Hagiga has been dedicated in memory of Hacham Raful Muhaddeb Ben Garaz and Marie Muhaddeb Bat Jamile. Ruah Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Elion Amen. Dedicated by Dr. Isaac and Lily Mahadev Hashem Ishmirem Vehayem Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated in memory of Nahom Ben Hana, dedicated by Rochelle Meyer from Sydney, Australia, on her father's first Yorkshire anniversary. Thank you for instilling the love of the Torah and the fear of heaven in all of your children and grandchildren. Daf Tet. Today's daf is being studied ben Hashem Amen. Today's daf is being studied Amen. We begin today's daf on daftet Amud Rishon, and we are right at the Mishnah, which is on the third line, and the Mishnah begins. Mi shelo chag biyom tov arishon shel chag Whoever was not able to bring the korban hagiga The first day of the holiday Over here we're referring to the holiday of Sukkot <coughs> Whenever the Gemara of the Mishnah says hag Setam hag is Sukkot So whoever wasn't able to bring his korban hagiga On the first day of Sukkot He has the whole regal, meaning the whole Sukkot, seven days to bring it as a makeup. Including the last day of the holiday. The Hadush over there is that even though Shemini Atzeret is called a regal b'fna'atzmo, it's its own holiday, but it still can serve as a makeup for a hagiga that was not brought on the first days of Sukkot. So technically you have eight days for the Tashlumin. Avar haregel velo hag. Now, if the holiday passed, avar haregel velo hag, and you didn't bring your hagiga, eno chayav be'achariyuto. You are not responsible for this korban. On such a person it is said, a me'uvat, somebody that is crooked, cannot become straight, and somebody that is lacking cannot be counted. Which means finished, the guy's crooked, he missed it, there's no way of fixing it. <clears throat> if he did not bring it until after the holiday, it's over. Now, the mefashim do... Note the language of it. You're not responsible for it. So the Mefarshim say that this aharayut over here is talking that really once one designated an animal for a korban hagiga, but didn't get around to bring it, that animal is kodesh, and he indeed is obligated to bring it as a nedava after the holiday. Which is he has to bring it to the Beit Hamikdash. The Eno Hayab means he's not responsible if that animal died or got lost, he does not have to replace it. But certainly he does not bring it as a Hagiga, but he would bring it as a Nedava, but there is no liability if something happens to that animal after the holiday. Now the Gibbara is going to give different examples of somebody that is crooked that cannot be straightened out. 
Who is considered somebody that is crooked that cannot be straightened? This is talking about somebody that had a relationship that is forbidden, and as a result of that relationship, a mamzer was born. Mamzer is a child, obviously, that is illegal. And now, this is a type of sin that is very hard to be corrected. Why? Because the mamzer is always around. The Gemara is going to give the example. The Mishnah gives the example. If you want to give me an example of somebody that steals, vegozel, somebody that robs in broad daylight, he could always return the lost object and fix his wrong. However, a mamzer, what are you going to do? Once the mamzer is born, he's there. You're not going to kill him, he's alive. And therefore he's living testimony of the sin. And even if he makes the shuvah the fellow, but as long as the evidence, in this case being the mamzer, is still around, so therefore the teshuvah cannot be 100%. And therefore, like I said, the sin is always in front of him. And that's the case of a me'uvat, somebody that is crooked, that cannot be straightened out. Again, that somebody had a forbidden relationship and brought a mamzer into the world. Comes the game, Mishnah, continues to be Shema Menu Hayomer, and Korin Me'uvat, Ela Lemishayam Mitukan Betihila Venita'avet. So the Bishma Menu Hay says, if we want to be precise on the Pasuk, Me'uvat Lo Yuchalit Korn, somebody that is crooked cannot be straightened out. So he wants to say, that you don't call somebody crooked unless he was straight first. Crooked means first it must have been straight, the person must have been straight, proper, and then he got crooked. So what's the example of somebody that was straight and then got crooked, and once he gets crooked he can never be fixed? Who's that referring to? This is talking about a Torah scholar that leaves the Torah, which means originally he was straight. He was learning Torah, he was Tamid Hakam, and then he went off the path, so he became a Me'uvat. So such a path, such a person that was straight and then went off the path, became a Me'uvat, he cannot be fixed, he becomes indeed Mikulkal. So there are different interpretations. Offered three interpretations of Me'uvat no Yuchal Litkon. Either somebody that misses his obligation to bring a Qurban Hagiga on the holiday, or somebody that brings a Mamzer into the world, or according to Bishamon Min Yochai, that Tamid Hakam that went off the straight and narrow path. Comes the Gemara and says, How do we know <coughs> that? One may bring the Qurban Hagiga even on Shemini Atzeret. Which is, how do we know that even Shemini Atzeret is considered, even though it's considered a regular, but it's not a separate holiday, how do we know that one who did not bring his Qurban on Sukkot can bring his Hagiga on Shemini Atzeret? Amar Rabbi Yohanan Mishum Rabbi Ishmael. Neymar Atzeret Beshevi'ishil Pesach. By the seventh day of Pesach, the word atzeret is used. Actually, it says sheshet yamim tochal masot ubayom ashivri atzeret. So the seventh day of Pesach is called atzeret. V'neimar atzeret b'shemini shilchag, and the eighth day of Sukkot is also called atzeret. Ma lehalal letashlumin, afkan letashlumin. 
Oh, so the Gemara says, just like the seventh day of Pesach, which is called Aseret, we know that you can bring Tashlumin for the Hagigah, because we know by the regular holidays you have seven days for Tashlumin, so too the eighth day of Sukkot, which is also called Aseret, also can be used for Tashlumin. So again, the Gezerah Shavah, Aseret, Aseret. Just like the seventh day of Pesach, that's called Aseret, and we know it can be used for Tashlumin that day, so to the eighth day of Sukkot, which is called Aseret, can be used for Tashlumin. Now, the Gebarah, many times when it gives Gezerot Shavot, for example like this, Aseret, Aseret, the Gemara establishes if those words were open, they were free for this derasha. And we have a rule. If the word is free, meaning we're not using anything else with this word, then already you could make a gezerah shava. But not only that, it becomes free from rep- refutation. Which means you cannot refute it. Even though you might have a refutation of the gezerah shava, since there's nothing else to do with the word, the Gezerashra becomes above refutation. So the Gebarah says, Mufne, these words over Atzeret must have been extra. They must have been opened. The Ilab Mufne, because if it wasn't extra, Ikalimifrach, there would be a way to refute this Gezerashava. Because really the seventh day of Pesach is different intrinsically to the eighth day of Sukkot. Why? The seventh day of Pesach is still Pesach. It's not different than the days before it. It's one holiday. But the eighth day of, of Sukkot, which is Shemini Hatzeret, it's a separate holiday. It's separate than the days before it. So if I wanted to really make a difference, I could argue that the seventh day of Pesach is really not similar to the eighth day of Sukkot. Seventh day of Pesach is the same holiday. The eighth day of Shemini Hatzeret is a different holiday. It's Haluk Mishalefanav. But since the words Hatzeret and the Pesukim are extra... And therefore, even though there is an intrinsic difference, I put that difference aside, and I still doresh the Gezerah Shavah. That the Gebarah says, Le'ayyeh, Be'emet, yes, in truth, Afnuyeh Mufneh. The word Atzeret is indeed extra. It's opened for the derasha. Mechti, because let us analyze. My Atzeret, what does the word Atzeret literally mean? Atzor ba'asiyat melacha. Atzor means stop, stop working. When you're on the last day of the holiday, it's called Na'atzeret, because there's an Atzirat Melacha, there's a stoppage of working. So the Gemara says, Haketiv lo ta'asun melacha, which means already the Pasuk says, do not work. So what do you have to tell me, Atzeret ikhtiv rahmana lamali? Already the Pasuk says, on the eighth day, lo ta'aseh kol melacha, Atzeret. What do you mean? What do you have to tell me the word Atzeret? It says, lo ta'aseh melacha. Must mean that it's opened. And since it's open, it's open for the Dirashah. To teach me that just like on the seventh day of Pesach, that's called Atzeret. And we say what? We say that it's subject to the laws of Tashlumin. So to the eighth day of Sukkot is subject to the law of Tashlumin. That is all the opinion of Rabbi Yohanan. Kabbalah says, "Vetana." That Rabbi Yohanan is an Amora. 
So therefore the Gemara says now, Vetana, there's an opinion of Vetana, Maiti la mehacha, brings the source from here. Vetanya, because it says in the Braita, based on a Pasuk, Vehagotem oto hag lahashen shiv'at yamim. It says that you will bring the Hagigah, oto. you will bring it as a Hag, as a Korban Hagigah, for Hashem seven days. So the Gemara says, Yachod yechogeg veholech kol shiva. Does that mean that the Hagigah is born every single day? Because the Pasuk says, Vahagotem oto Hag Lashem Shivaat Yamim. That implies that the obligation of Korban Hagigah is actually every single day of the holiday. The Gemara says, No, it can't be. Tamud Omar oto. That's what the Pasuk says, Vahagotem oto. Oto ata hogeg. Which means on the first day, that's the main obligation. The Yata Hogeg Kol Shiva. But you do not bring the Qurban Hagiga mandatory for seven days. So the word Oto limits it to the first day. Imken Lamane Emar So then what does it say Shiva if, if the obligation is on the first day? So the Gemara says the Tashlumin must be coming to tell me that we have seven days for. Tashlumin, uminayin, shimlo hag yom tovarishon chil hag, shechogeg veholech, et kol aregel ve yom tovaharon. But how do you know that not only you have seven days, but you also have the last day of the holiday? So the Gemara says, Talmud Lomar, bachodesh shashivi'i tahogu oto. It says in the seventh month, which has, that's the month of Sukkot, the month of Tashri. In the seventh month, that's the month you will bring the Hagigah, the month. So the Gebarah says, Iba Chodesh HaShivi'i, if you tell me the Pasuk says in the seventh month you bring the Hagigah, Yachol Yehogeg Ve'olecha Chodesh Kudo, does that mean you can bring the Hagigah the entire seventh month? Is the Pasuk tell me that I have a month to bring the Qurban? Talmud Lomar Oto. So the Pasuk says a second time, Oto, to teach me, you could only bring the Qurban on the holiday per se itself. But you cannot bring the Qurban Hagiga outside the holiday. So therefore, the first Oto teaches me the first day of the holiday. Shiva'at Yamim teaches me that you have seven days makeup. And the fact that it says Bahodesh teaches me that you have more time, but not the whole month. Because the word Chodesh is minimized by the second Oto in the Pasuk that teaches me only on the holiday itself, coming to include Shemini Atzeret. So that is the Derasha of the Tanah. So it comes out at this point, we have two distinct Derashot, how to learn that Shemini Atzeret is included in the Derasha of Tashlumin. The first one is the Yohanan that has a Gezera Shavah, Atzeret, Atzeret, from the last day of Pesach. According to the Tanah we just learned, Hagotem Oto, Hag Lashem Shiva'at Yamim, Oto means the obligation is on the first day. Shiva'at Yamim tells me Tashlumim, Bahodesh Hashvi tells me you have the whole month, but you can't have the whole month, obviously, to bring the Qurban. So therefore, the, the last word, Oto, tells me that when it says the whole month, it means Oto, meaning the whole holiday of the month. And when is the whole holiday? It goes into Shemini Atzeret. So therefore, you see that Shemini Atzeret also is subject to the law of Tashlumin. Now, it should be noted that Tosafot, the Buddha Matheel, 
Ne'emar Atzeret Bapesach does bring some alternate interpretations. How do we know that Shemini Atzeret is subject to the laws of Tashlumin? I will just quote you two of them. He quotes from the Yerushalmi, the famous Derasha, Tu Tu Mechagamasot. Which means it says the word Bahamisha Asar by Pesach. Right? And it says by Sukkot. So just like Hamishar by Pesah, it means you have to in the whole Pesah all all the seven days. So too when it says by Sukkot, it means you have to mean all the days. So that would be another Dirasha, the Dirasha of Tu Tu Masot. There was actually another derasha, which is very interesting. It says by Sukkot, the Hagotem Oto Hashem Shivat Yamin Bashana. Says you'll bring the Hagiga seven days. So the Mefar, the Tosfot brings down like this. If you think about it, you can never bring the Hagiga for seven days. Even for Tashtumin, you can't bring it for seven days, because there's always a Shabbat in the middle of Sukkot. So therefore, technically you only can bring the Hagigah of Sukkot for six days. Because you can't bring Hagigah on Shabbat. Uh, so Tosfot says, what's the seventh day? The seventh day must be Shemini Atzeret. The six days of the, of the holiday, less Shabbat, plus Shemini Atzeret. So the Hagotem Shabbat Yamim really tell me there are seven days in the year that are uh, viable for Hagigah. Six days of Sukkot minus Shabbat, not the Shabbat included, and the seventh day would be Shemini Atzeret. Those are two more derashot that we have for this subject. Now the Gemara explains the dynamics, how this Tashlumin works. And the Gemara says, we actually have a Mahloket. Umay Tashlumin, how does the Tashlumin work? Rabbi Yohanan Amar, Tashlumin Lerishon. The Tashlumin work that the obligation is on the first day. That's what Rabbi Yohanan is saying. And any day that you miss, which is if you miss the first day, you bring on the second day. But the second day is actually a makeup from day one. Which means the obligation emanates from day one. If you didn't bring it on day one, so you have the next day to bring it. You didn't bring it on day two, you bring it on day three, but it's all a makeup from Yom Rishon. The Boshaya says no. Each day is its own obligation. If you didn't bring it on day one, so now day two has its own obligation. Meaning, when you bring it on day two, it's not that you're fulfilling an obligation that you had yesterday. No, you missed yesterday, now the new day brings a new obligation. So the Gemara says, My Benayu, what's going to be the practical Allahic nafkamina between the opinions? Amar Bizera, Higer Biyom Rishon, Venet Pashet Biyom Sheni Ika Benayu. A simple case. A person was lame. Couldn't walk. He was lame on the first day of the holiday. And he got better. He was able to walk again on the second day of the holiday. Well, let's speak it out ourselves. If you say that the obligation emanates from day one, since on day one, according to Rabbi Yohanan, he was lame, so he's exempt, so there was never an obligation on him. Therefore, the subsequent days, he'll be exempt as well, even if he gets better. Because bottom line, on day one, when the obligation hits, he was exempt. 
Since each day is its own new obligation, I don't care if on day one he was lame. Bottom line, now on day two, he's able to walk, so a new obligation hits him, and therefore be chayav. The Gebarah speaks this out. Rabbi Yohanan, Amar Tashlumin, the Rishon. Rabbi Yohanan says that the Tashlumin emanate from day one. Kevan de lo hazeh berishon, since he wasn't ra'ui. He wasn't fit on day one. Lo b'sheni. So therefore he's not fit for day two either, even if he got better. Because he was patur when the obligation hit. But Rabbi Shaya Amar, Tashlumin zelazeh. But Rabbi Shaya says, no. <coughs> Each day is its own obligation. Afalgav de lo hazeh berishon. Even though he wasn't worthy on day one, because he was lame. Hazeh b'sheni. He's worthy on day two. Tarat the Gemara now questions. Umi Amar Rabbi Yochanan Did Rabbi Yochanan really say this? That if a person is exempt when the obligation comes, he has no makeup. The Amar made a statement. Now, in order, I'll read the statement. Nitma bayom mevi. A person became tameh in the day he brings. Balayla eno mevi. At night he does not bring. The Rabbi Yochanan Amar af balayla name mevi. Now, what are we talking about? So we need an introduction in order to understand the machloket between Hiskiyah and Rabbi Yochanan, and then we have to apply it to our case of Tashlumin. So this actually comes from a Gemara. In Kiritut on Daftet. The Gemara over there is discussing a law of a Nazir. Now we know a Nazir accepts upon himself a vow uh, not to drink wine or any derivatives of grapes. He also is going to let his hair grow and he's not allowed to become Tamer to any corpses or to anything. And therefore we have a case over here. If let's say a person was a Nazir, he became Tamer. Not Tamer to somebody. So now he has to count seven days of tahara, and on the eighth day, <coughs> he must bring a korban for the tum'ah that he had, and then he starts his count over again. Now normally the regular count of a nazir, stam nazirut is shloshim yom. So again, he started his count, he became tamir, he has to count seven days, on the eighth day he brings a korban, and then he starts his count over again. Now, there is a discussion. Haskiah says, let's say this Nazir became Tamer a second time on day 8. So therefore, he comes along and says <clears throat> that if he becomes Tamer on day 8, since his first obligation to bring a Qurban, for the first tum'ah, was already on him. Once the morning of day 8 comes, he's obligated to bring a kurban. Now we got tamir again. So now he has to go count another 7 days. And after the 7 days, he has to bring two kurbanot. One for the first one that was on him already. So once day 8 came, the tum'ah, the kurban is on him, the hayyuf. And now he has to bring a second kurban as well. However, if he became tamir at night... So since, which means he counted seven days for his first tum'ah, once the night came, so therefore the obligation of Qurban is not on him, now he became Tameh again. 
So he'll count seven days, and after that, on the eighth day, he'll only have to bring one korban. And he can bring one korban for both tumot. Because since the obligation of korban was not on him at night, so therefore it, he got tameh before the obligation of korban hit him. So therefore he's able to get away with one korban after the second seven days, on the eighth day. He'll bring one korban for two tumot. So let's read that inside. Hezkiyah said, Nitma bayom, if he became tameh in the day, meaning on the eighth day, mevi. He has to bring two korbanot, one for the first tum'ah, and one for the second. Which means, let me give you the case again, he counted seven days. <clears throat> now it's the eighth day, and he has to bring a korban. He didn't get the right to bring his korban, he didn't get again. So his kiyas has kept another seven days, then on the eighth day he'll have to bring two korbanot. However, balayla enomivi. If he came tameh at night... She's on the seventh night, so the first korban never was on him yet to bring. So therefore, he doesn't have to bring a separate korban for the next tum'ah. He can bring after the seven days on the eighth day, he'll bring one korban for both. Rabbi Hanan argued on Hizkiah and said, no, even at night, if he became tamer, he has to bring, after he counts another seven days, on the eighth day, he has to bring two kurbanot. One for the first tum'ah, one for the second. Oh, but what do you see from Rabbi Yohanan over here? Even though at night, he's exempt, but there's still an obligation on him, there's still a makeup, he has to bring that kurban. Even though at night it's not the time for kurban, by the nazir, still he said, if he became tamer, he still has to bring... Two korbanot. He has to bring the korban for the first tum'ah. And then of course he has to bring a korban for the second tum'ah. Even though at night there's no obligation for korban yet. So you see according to the Yohanan that even when there's an exempt, exemption, one is still hayah for tashlumin. So similarly, how come by the higir? The guy is a higir on Yom Rishon. So technically he's, 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 not, he's not viable. And what does the Yohanan say? If he's patur on day one, there's no obligation for him to make it up. So why when it comes to Tum'ah, there was no obligation for him to bring the Qurban at night? But you tell me, if he got another Tum'ah, he has to bring two Qurbanot. Why? The first obligation never was on him. So comes the Gemara and says, Amar Abirmiyah, Shani Tum'ah, Tiyeshla Tashlumim Bepesach Sheni. Tum'ah, the laws of Tum'ah are different. Because we see a law of Pesach Sheni. What's the law of Pesach Sheni? If a person was Tameh, he wasn't viable to bring the Qur'an on Pesach Nishon, he has a make-up date. So you see, the laws of Tumah work differently. But even if a person was exempt, Pesach Nishon, he was Tameh, he couldn't bring a Qur'an, still, even though he he was exempt at the time of the obligation, when it comes to laws of Tumah, he can make it up. And that's the whole law of Pesach Sheni. So similarly, by the Nazir case, even though he was not obligated, let's say, to bring a Qur'an by night, and now he became Tameh again, and Yohanan will say, it doesn't matter. By Tumah, there is a make-up, even if... You were exempt at the time. And if we became Tameh again at night, when the eighth day comes, you have to be two Qurbanot. One for the first Tumah, one for the second Tumah. So the laws of Tumah are different as seen by the laws of Qurban Pesah. So the Gemara says, Matkif la Rapapa. Rapapa is, Hani Aleman de Amar. 
Pesach Sheni Tashlumin Harishonu. And this only is a good answer according to the opinion that says that Pesach Sheni is actually a makeup for Pesach Rishon. And therefore it makes sense what we're answering in the Hadush that even though you were exempt from Pesach Rishon, you're still obligated Pesach Sheni. So you see the laws of Tumah are different. That even though the whole obligation emanates from Pesach Rishon and you're exempt, still you have to bring Pesach Sheni. Oh, so you see the laws of Tumah are different. But if you, the person, the rabbi that holds, that Pesach Sheni is its own holiday. It's not the Pshat that Pesach is a makeup of Pesach Rishon. It's a separate holiday. And therefore it's got no connection to Pesach Rishon. It's not, it's not you're making up from Pesach Rishon. It's, it's own regular. That's its own obligation. So therefore you, they, you, you lost that answer. So now we're back to the question. Why did the Biyohanan say, by the case of Hagigah, if a guy was a Hagir Biyom Rishon, when it Pashit Biyom Shin, he got better on the second day. So we're saying what? He's not obligated. Because by the way, at the time of the obligation of the Hagigah, he was exempt. Oh, so how come by the Nazir? At the night of the Nazirut, bottom line, there was no Chayim of Korban on him, and still you tell me if he became Tameh again, on the subsequent eighth day, he's going to have to be two Korbanot. Uh, what's the difference? And don't tell me the differences that the laws of Tumah are different, because according to the opinion that says that Pesach Sheni is a regal of small, you have no proof that Tumah is different. Here's the final answer with the holds. Laila enu mechusar zeman. Which literally means the night is not considered is not considered premature. That's the way he explains it. What does that mean? Which means really the obligation of Korban by the Nazir hits the person at night. But what, for a technical problem, a technical reason, you can't bring the Qurban at night, because we don't bring Qurban at night. But the obligation really is by night. So therefore, bottom line, when the guy, the, the Nazir reached the seventh night, he's obligated to bring a Qurban. Finished, the obligation is on him. He became Tameh again at night, now another obligation is going to be on him after eight days. <clears throat> and therefore, it's not like a Hagigah. In the case of the Hagigah, he was exempt on day one. Mashi'enkel, on the seventh night of the Nazir, the Hayyub of Qurban is on him. So what do you mean? He can't bring the Qurban. No, it's just premature. It's just early. So for a technical reason he can't bring the Qurban, but the obligation is on him. And therefore it's considered Zman, Hayyuv. And therefore the Yohanan says he'll bring two Qurban, because the, the Hayyuv is on him already by night. And the way they explain it is, Layla enu mechusar zeman. We don't consider the night premature. You just have to wait till the morning to bring the Qurban. That's a technical problem, you got to wait because, because it's night. But the obligation is on him. Oh, Miyabar Yohanan Akhir. Oh, did Rabbi Yohanan say that when an obligation comes at night, that Layla is not Mechusarman, that the night does not make it premature? Again, to get this last case of Rabbi Yohanan, we have to understand the laws of Zav. We know that a person who sees a Zav, he has a, an emission of Tumad that comes out of him. Let's say he sees one time. So one time is not a Zav. One time we call a Baal Keri. However, if he sees two more times, so now he's considered a full-fledged Zav. So now the Gemara discusses a case over here. 
let's say a person was a Zaf. Okay? So now the law is he has to count seven clean days. Okay? Without seeing anything. That's seven clean days. Now what happened on the night of the seventh? We read Gemara. Ra'a'achad balayla. Already he saw one seeing at night. You know, on the night of the seventh, he's one more day. On the night of the seventh, he saw once. Ushtayim bayom. And then he saw two more seeings the next day. So the Gemara says the law is mevi. He has to bring a korban. Now, let's discuss what does it mean he brings a korban. The law is like this. Look at Nashi. Dibura matrilu mi amar biyohanan. En laila mechusar zeman. Did Rabbi Yohanan actually say that the night, even though it's premature, does not affect? Ve'amar Rabbi Yohanan. Ra'a'achad ba'layla zav. Shesafar shiv'an ikim k'mishpato. Look at the case. He counted seven days, like he was supposed to. Ve'tabal, he actually went to the mikveh. Okay, it's very important part of the case. He went to the mikveh on the seventh day. Ve'ariv shimsho. And not only that, but the seventh night already came, which means sunset came. Vehazar vera chad balayla. Now we saw one that night, ushtaim the magat, and two the next day. Now normally a zav on his eighth day has to bring a korban. Oh, that's the key. On the eighth day, the zav has to bring a korban. So now we saw one at night and two by the day. So it says, Mevi, Rashi, Korban al Tum'ashin, he has to bring now a Korban for the second Tum'ah. Zu levad mena Korban shi'avu al Rishlo, besides the Korban he has to bring for the first Tum'ah. V'yavi shnei Korban al Kashi'ata, when he gets Tahor, that's the count another seven days, so on the subsequent eighth day, he'll bring two Korbanot. Hu'il velora ashiniyah ad shi'asal ashiru yalavi Korban. Yesho tashlumin afan ashiniyah yavi. Which means like this. Because when did the guy become an official Zav again? He saw one at night. Well, one doesn't make you a Zav. One makes you a Kiri. So there's no Hayyub of Qurban at night. But he saw two in the day. So it's the two in the day that make him a Zav. Well, by the day came already, the obligation of the first Qurban was on him. And therefore, he has to bring for sure the first Qurban for the first Zav. And now that he saw again two more during the day, that's a new Hayyub of Zav. So he has to bring a separate Qurban. So the one at night is drawn to the two by the day. That's the first case. Let's read the Gemara outside. The Amar Yochanan. Ah, so one by night on the seventh night after he went to the mikveh. Ushtayim by yomen two and down the eighth day. Mevi he has to be a korban, separate korban. Shtayim by laila, but if he saw two by night, vachat by yom eno mevi. If he saw two by night on the seventh night, so and one by day. So since the two at night which is the ikar of the zavut, since it happened at a time where he's exempt from the korban, the first korban did not come on him yet, he does not have to bring two korbanot. He could just bring one korban at the end of the eight days for both. Ah, what do you mean? But if you're just telling me that the Yohanan says that night doesn't make it premature, which means that the obligation of korban even is at night. Uh, even two at night he should bring. Because bottom line, the Qurban obligation of Qurban is on him already at night. According to the And therefore, once he sees two at night, 
Doesn't matter, the first Qurban was on him already. Now he sees two more at night. A new Hayyub is on him. So therefore after eight days he should bring two Qurbanot. She's according to what you just told me. That that the obligation of Qurban according to the Yohanan comes at night. So why by the Zav? When it's the seventh night he sees two. So the Yohanan comes along and says, And the logic is because since bottom line at night there's no Hayyub of the first Qurban yet. So now he became a, a Zav a second time. So since the obligation of the first one is not on him yet, so if they did, bring one Qurban. What do you mean? Quran Yohanan, the Hayyub comes at night. Laila Allah mechus azman. Kebran says, Ki kama Rabbi Yohanan. Ledevre haomer, Laila mechus azman. So Rabbi Yohanan was saying this halakha, not according to himself. He was going according to the opinion that says that Laila is indeed mechus azman. But if you hold that the obligation of the Qurban does not come at night, which means really the night is premature, it is mihusar zeman. So therefore the Khanam, when he sees two at night, doesn't matter. Bottom line, the obligation of Qurban of the first one did not come on him, therefore he's going to be exempt from the first one. Only have to be one Qurban for both at the end. So Rabbi Yohana was talking not in his own opinion, he was talking in the opinion of Mihusar Zeman. So the Gibra says the Vraumir Pishita. The Gibra says, What do you mean? Isn't that obvious? Isn't that Pashut? It goes without saying. Which is since the obligation is not on him at night, it's pashut that it's going to be patur from a korban. Kabbalah says, Shtayim bayom ba'ad ba'layla itztarikha. There is a hiddush, Rabbi Yohanan had to say in that case, where he saw two by day and one at night. Salka datachamina, I would have thought, Kid atkafta de rab shisha bered rab idi, kamash marlan kid rab yosef. She's over there in Masikhet Kiritut, in the case where he saw. One at night and two in the day. So we explain the logic that what? That when a person sees one at night, that's just a balkiri. That's the way Rabbi Yosef explained it. And therefore that one is not significant. But when he saw two in the day, that's the ikar. So the one at night is drawn to the two in the day, and that makes him seen three times. And once a person sees three times, obligated obligated to bring another Qurban. So the Hadus of Rabbi Yosef was that the one at night, we don't pay attention to as a Zav yet. It's drawn after the two in the day. So what made him really a Zav that obligated him a Qurban? The scenes that he did in the day. And that draws the one at night towards him. And therefore, since already by day he was obligated to bring a Qurban for the first seeing, so therefore now, already he has a new seeing. He has to bring again. That's the way Rabbi Yosef explained. So, however, Rabbi Shishan, Masihid Kiritut, questioned that. He said, no. He said, in such a case, you shouldn't count the one at night to draw it after the two in the day. We should look at the one at night separate, and the two in the day separate, and they're not connected. Because this is a case where he was Tameh already. So Rav Shisha argued on Rabbi Yosef. Rav Shisha said, one at night and two in the day, they don't combine in such a case. In a normal case where the guy wasn't Tameh at all, coming off a Tum'ah, Rav Shisha would agree. One at night, two in the day, combine them. But for some reason in this case where he's already coming off a Tum'ah, Rav Shisha questioned Rabbi Yosef and said, no, the one at night doesn't combine to the two in the day. So therefore, Rabbi Yohanan had to tell me the case. Because you would have thought, like the question of Rav Shisha, that one at night doesn't combine to two in the day. Kamash Ma'alan, Rabbi Yohanan, that if you hold that one, I'll say that at night he saw one, in the day he saw two, that's considered as he saw all of them in the day. And therefore it combines, and therefore since he was obligated already in the Qurban in the day, for the first one, 
So now the fact that he became a Zav again after there was a Khayyub of the Qurban of the first one on him, so he has to bring indeed a second Qurban. But what do you see from this Gemara? The bottom line, Gemara said that according to Yohanan, a Higir that was on Yom Rishon that got better on Yom Shini is indeed exempt because bottom line on Yom Rishon he is patur he is totally exempt there's no obligation on him at all and therefore there's no makeup for him on the subsequent days Mashi'enken in the case of the Nazir where uh, he saw uh, he became Tameh at night so even though he became Tameh at night Rabbi Yohanan says Laila lav mechusar zemanu that therefore the night does not make it premature in the sense that really the Nazir is obligated in his first Qurban at night. So when he becomes Tameh again, even by night, he has to bring a separate Qurban. Because the first Qurban already for his first Tumah was on him at night. I can't bring a Qurban at night, doesn't matter. Night doesn't make it Mechusar Zeman. I, but we saw by Zav, it is Mechusar Zeman. No. That Muhana was talking in the opinion of Mechusar Zeman. But according to him, in the Khanameh, Laila Lab Mechusar Zeman. And therefore, even if a Zav, so, all three at night, according to the Yohanan, bottom line, it'll be Hayav two Qurbanot. Because the Hayyub of the Qurban comes according to the Yohanan at night. Comes the Gemara and says, back to the statement of the Mishnah. Right? He's not responsible for the Quran after the eight days. And that's something that is crooked that cannot become straightened. told So Sfod says that Bar was actually a convert, and they called him Hehe. Because he's considered the son of Abraham and Sarah, that the letter He was added to their names. Abraham became Abraham, and Sarai became Sarah. Hence they would call, he called himself Bar He the son of Abraham and Sarah. His colleague was a rabbi called Ben Bag Bag. Bag is also, Bet Gimal is five. And that's also a He. So therefore he called himself Ben Bag Bag to allude to the the son of five and five, which is the Abraham and Sarah, that also has the letters here that was added to their names. In any event, some of the Mephashim say the reason why they referred to themselves like that was because uh, at the time of the government, uh, converts were illegal by the Romans, so therefore they had to disguise themselves with non-Jewish names in order to uh, be uh, protected that the government should not come after them. Hence, Bar Anyway, Bar tells Hillel. Okay, what's the question? The Pasuk said, somebody that's lacking, cannot be counted. So the Gemara is questioning like this. The proper word should be the Hasron, somebody that's lacking, cannot be lehimalot, cannot be filled. Which is the opposite of lacking, missing is filled. Lacking, filled. Why did the Pasuk say the Hasron, somebody that's lacking, lo yuchal lehimalot, cannot be counted? 
So the Gemara says, Ela, you know what the case is? Ze sheminu haverav nidvar mitzvah, vehu lo nimna imma'en. The case is talking where a group of people decided to join together to do a mitzvah. However, this fellow over here decided not to join them. Vehesron. He's lacking. He did not join the group. Lo yukhali imanot. He cannot be counted with them. Which means, when they go and perform the mitzvah, and they get the zechut, he will not get the zechut with them. Vehesron. Somebody that's missing, lacking. Lo yukhali imanot. And the explanation, you say, isn't that obvious? Well, if he's not there, I can get the zechut. Now the hadush is like this. Somebody that joined the group, and then for certain circumstances, beyond his control, couldn't make it to the mitzvah. He gets credit. Because bottom line, he was part of the group, and he made an effort, but he was an anus. And this guy, who's not part of the group, so now, by his not coming, even though now if he doesn't show up because he's anus, doesn't matter, he doesn't get credit. Because you have to be part of the group to be counted in the mitzvah. The hasron, somebody that's lacking, lo cannot be counted. Kavzi Gemaran says, Tanya Nameh, I have a brighter to support this. Me'ovat to Yuchan Litkon, somebody that's crooked cannot be straight. Zesh Bittel Kriyat Shema Shot Shabarito Kriyat Shema Shot Arbit. That's somebody that did not say the Kriyat Shema in the morning in the proper time or the Kriyat Shema in the evening. There's no makeup for that. Once he misses it, he's crooked, he cannot be straightened. Or Shabitel Tefilat Shot Shabarito Tefilat Shot Arbit. Or on purpose, he did not pray Shabarito Arbit. There's no makeup. The only time a person can make up a tefillah is if he missed it, bishogeg. However, if he was mevatel, if on purpose he did not pray shaharit or arbit, he cannot make up the tefillah. That's a me'uvat no yuchalit kon. The hasron no yuchalit manot, somebody that's lacking cannot be counted. Zesh nimnu habinav lidbar mitzvah, vihu lo nimna imahem. That they joined in a mitzvah, and he did not join with them, and therefore he is missing. Amar de barehel hilel. Barehel tells hilel. May dikhtiv, what does it mean in the Pasuk? Vishavtim. And you will go around. Uritem and you will see. Ben Sadiq Lirasha. You will see the difference between the Sadiq and the Rasha. Ben Oved Elohim Laasher Lo Avado. To the one that serves God and to the one that doesn't serve him. So it sounds like we're talking about four people here. Sadiq, Rasha, Oved Elohim, and no, somebody does not serve God. Gabriel says, what do you mean? Hainu Tzaddik, Hainu Oved Elohim. Hainu Rasha, Hainu Ashe Lo Avado. The Tzaddik is the one that's Oved Elohim, and the Rasha is the one that's Eno Avado. So what is the prophet over here saying two, four things? You'll see the difference between the Tzaddik and the Rasha, and between the Oved and the Eno Oved. It's the same people. The Tzaddik is the Oved, and the Rasha is the Eno Oved. Amaleh, Avado Velo Avado Tarbayu Tzaddikei Gemoreninu. There's a tzaddik and a rashad, that's the first part of the pasuk. The second part of the pasuk is a oved elohim, one that serves God, and one that does not serve God. Those are both talking about tzaddikim. So the Gebra says, Ve'eno dome shone pirko pirko You cannot compare a person that reviews his learning 101 times, to a person that only reviews it 100 times. Which means... Even in the tzaddikim, there's a tzaddik that's considered 
a tzaddik that's Oved Elohim, he serves God, which means he serves God on a level that he reviews his learning 101 times. And then you have a tzaddik, he doesn't serve God on the same intensity. What does that mean? He only reviews his learning a hundred times. So that difference between the one extra time he reviews his learning makes the difference between a tzaddik that's called an Oved Elohim to a tzaddik that's not Oved Elohim. So the Kabbalah says, For one time that he doesn't review. So already he's considered Lo Avado, he doesn't serve God. He's a tzaddik, but he's considered Lo Avado. Amaleh says, Yes, in Tse Ulmad Mishuk Shil Hamarim. Go look from the marketplace of donkeys. Asara parse bezuzah. If a person wants to take a donkey, like a taxi, wants to take a ride on a donkey to get from place to place. So the price is 10 parsa, that's a distance, cost you one zuz. Had asar parsa, but once you go the 11th parsa, betre zuzeh. That already will cost you an extra zuz. Which means... Guy went ten parsa only cost you one zoos. You tell the driver, take me one more parsa. Once already you go over ten, you just went one more over. Already the price doubles. Now already it's two. The meter moves. Right now it's already two zoos. So you see, yes, that sometimes one extra time can make all the difference in the world. Ten parsa is one zoo. You go eleven. Already the, the price doubles. It's already two. So you see. That yes, indeed, the difference between learning 101 times is significantly different between 100 times. The Mefarshim say over here, different than Ashot, Tosfotrin says on the Pasuk, That's the Pasuk in Iyov, Chafchet Yudbet. So he says like this, the word Me'ayin is Gematria 101. So that's what the Pasuk is saying. You know where the Chokmah is found? It's found by the people that review their learning 101 times. The Arizal said that Michael, the Malach Michael is Gematria 101. And he's the Malach that makes sure when a person learns 101 times, you're activating Malach Michael, which is 101, that a person will not forget his learning. Furthermore, the Bifarshim bring down, on the Gemara that says, Fortunate is a person that comes with his Talmud in his hand, which means that he remembers his learning. So the word Lekan equals 101. So Ashre Misheva Lekan. Fortunate is the person that comes Lekan with 101 times of his learning because he will remember it. Furthermore, the Pasuk says, Torah Sivalanu Moshe. Siva is also 101. So the person has to learn the Torah, Siva Pa'amim. The Kliyakar brings that very interesting. He says, there's two words in the Hebrew language. Zecher, Zecher means to remember, or Zachor. Now, Zachor, he says, is the power to remember. The Gematria of Zachor is 227, meaning there are 227 forces of good to make a person remember. However, there's also a force, force called Shachah. To forget. And it has 328 forces of forgetfulness. And therefore the power of Shachach is 328. The power of Zakor is 227. That means the powers of forgetfulness are 101 times greater 
than the powers of, rem- of memory. Therefore he says, you have to review 101 times you're learning, and each time you review, you're weakening one of the strengths of shakah, in order that you will have zechid. You need to uh, neutralize the extra 101 forces of shakah, 328 that are over the 227 forces of Zachor. In any event, comes the Gemara and continues. Amar le Eliyahu the Barhehe. Eliyahu Navi told Barhehe. Vamar le Rabbi Elazar. My dichtiv. What does it mean in the pasuk? He netzeraftiich velo bechesef. God says from the prophet, I have purified you. But not like the purification of silver. Silver, they usually purify it by putting it in fire. God says, I purified B'nai Yisrael, but not like we purify silver in the fire. Behartik, I have chosen you. Bekur Oni. In the kur of poverty. Which we kur is actually the um, earthenware furnace that they usually purify metals. So God says, I purified you in the furnace of poverty. Meaning poverty purifies Israel. God looked at all the good midot to give to the Jewish people. The best trait he found for the Jewish people was poverty. Amar Shemuel, the etimar of Yosef. Hayru da'am, the interest with the people say, Ya'eh aniyuta lihuda'eh. Poverty is good for the Jewish people. Ki barzaz sumka, like a red strap, lesusya hadra for a white horse. Just like a white horse. You see, it stands out when it has a red strap attached to it. It's pretty. So too, poverty is pretty for the Jewish people. It purifies us. Now what does this mean? Uh, this uh, analogy. That it's... Uh, so I saw a few explanations. One explanation in the Orla Shamaim from the Hosem Lublin says that just like a horse... Its red strap is only beneficial when it's outside, when it can show it off. Inside, there's no purpose for a horse to have a red strap. It's not showing it off to anybody. So conversely, money for Am Yisrael is only good on the inside. person should show his money off in his house, to himself. However, when he goes outside, then already he has to show the signal of poverty. It means the... Um, the posture of the Jewish people in public should be one of poverty. That's what it means. Good is poverty for the Jewish people. See, we should take that posture of poverty and not flaunt our beracha, not flaunt our money. That might be one interpretation. And others explain that even when a person is rich, it's still better for him to live in poverty in the sense that he does not benefit and go after his materialism he takes the minimum that he needs like the great Sadiqim, like Hillel was rich and Rabbi Udanasi, even though they were very wealthy but they did not benefit from their Osher comes the Gemara continues so he said, according to the Mishnah, we said, who's considered somebody that's crooked, that cannot be straightened? That's somebody that had relations and brought a mamzer into the world. So the mamzer is there, the evidence is there, you can't get rid of it. So the Gibraltar says, Holid in. It's that only if the mamzer was born. Lo holid lo. But if he had relations with somebody that was forbidden, for example, Eshet Ish, a married lady. 
And let's say she didn't give birth to a mamzer. You tell me that's not considered crooked, that cannot be straightened? We have a writer that says, Gonev Adam, if a person steals, if Shar Shiazir Gnavo, he could he could return it. So he could fix stealing. Vitakin. Gozel Adam, if he steals in bro- open daylight, if Shar Shiazir Gazlan, the Gazla Gazalon, he can return what he stole. Vitakin, which means thievery has a rectification. But a person has relations relations with Eshit Ish with a married lady. Now she's forbidden to her husband, which means the damage is done. Even if a mamzer was not born, she's forbidden. Which means he's taken out of this world. He is banished from this world and goes away, which means he's finished. This fellow did something he cannot rectify. Once a person goes with the Ishit Ish, that Ishit Ish, that lady is forbidden to the husband. That's something that is crooked that can never be rectified, even if she didn't have a mamzer. Furthermore, the Braitha goes on, the Bishamah bin Yuhai Omer. The Bishamah Yuhai says, In Omer, a person doesn't say, Bakiru Gamal. See if this camel is kosher for a sacrifice. Bakiru Hazir. Check the pig out to see if it's worthy for a sacrifice. Because a camel and a pig, they're the pasu for a korban. And a bakiru taleh. What do you make an inspection on? On a, on a sheep. Because a sheep is worthy for a korban. Which is similarly, somebody that's called a mi'uvat, Rabbi Shalom and Yohalak, he said in the Mishnah, has to be somebody that originally was straight. Somebody that's straight, then already you could judge him if he became crooked. But like a pig, you don't have to look if it's crooked, it's crooked from the beginning. You don't say, let's check the pig and see if it's kosher for a korban, let's check the camel if it's kosher for a korban. But die, it's pasul for a korban. When we say mi'uvat, mi'uvat means somebody that was straight, so you have to check him to see if he became crooked. So who was somebody that was straight that became crooked? Who is that? That's a tamir hacham. That left the Torah, meaning he was straight and then became crooked. The Biyuda ben Akishomer, Kotamir Hacham, Shepirish from the Torah, Nitamir Hacham, that left the Torah, Alab Katuv Omer. The Pasuk is said on him, Kesipon no Dedmin Kane, like a bird that flies away from his nest, Ken Ish no Dedmikomo. So to the Tamir Hacham, he moves from his place, meaning the nest of a Tamir Hacham is the Torah. So just like when a nest, when a bird flies away from the nest, it's like a tamid acham flying away from his habitat, which is Torah. The Omer, the Pasuk says, The Prophet says, What did my father, your forefathers see wrong in me that they left me? Meaning, why did the tamid acham leave the Torah? The Torah is great, the Torah is perfect. Why did the tamid acham leave? Now, we go back to the question, this was all along Braita. But the question is from the beginning of the Brayta. The first statement of the Brayta was Rabbi Shimon ben, uh, Shimon ben Benasya. The Gemara said that when a person has relations with Eshet Ish, even if there's no Mamzer, finished. It's Me'ovat Yuchal Because Parmai, she cannot go back to her husband. So what are you saying in the Mishnah that the only case of Me'ovat Yuchal Litkon is talking about where Hulid Mimenu Mamzer. That the Mamzer was born. Even without the Mamzer, the damage is done. So the Gemara gives a few answers. Lakashia. Kan ba'achotopinuya, kan be'eshet ish. It depends. If a person has relations with a eshet ish, a married lady, you're right. Even without a mamzer, the damage is done. 
she is forbidden to her husband, that's me'uvat nuyukhalit kon. She's forbidden forever. However, the case of the Mishnah is talking about a person had relations, ba'achoto ha'pinuya, with his wife, with his sister that is not married. Achoto ha'pinuya also is a subject that if she gets pregnant, gives birth, she gives birth to a mamzer. Now, since she's single, if she doesn't give him mamzer, there's no mi'uvat lo yukhalit kon, because he did not forbid her to anybody. She's single, she's pinuya. So the case of the Mishnah is, mi'uvat lo yukhalit kon is al achoto pinuya, and olid mimena mamzer, that's a case of mi'uvat lo yukhalit kon. Because without the mamzer, she does not become forbidden to anybody, she's not married. So that's the two cases. Eshet ish, imurana mamzer is mi'uvat lo yukhalit kon. Achoto pinuya, tafka with a mamzer, makes it mi'uvat lo yukhalit kon, because the mamzer is walking around now, finishing. So the evidence is there. And therefore it's crooked, it cannot become straightened. That's one answer. Gemara says, I'll give you another answer. Both cases are talking about the Mishnah, the Brayat, the Torah, guy has relations with Eshet Ish. And the difference is, if the law is like this, an Eshet Ish only becomes forbidden to her husband only if she did the act willingly. So therefore, if the act was done birason, you're right. Even without a mamzer, it's a mi'uvat lo yukhalit kon. She's forbidden to her husband forever. However, our Mishnah is talking where the act was done be'onis. It was done against her will. And therefore, she per se does not become forbidden to the husband. So from that standpoint, it's not a mi'uvat lo yukhalit kon. So this Mishnah had to say, ve'onid mimena mamzer. But if a mamzer was born from that relationship, the mamzer is still a mamzer. And therefore, the evidence is there. And therefore, we can say both cases are talking about Eshet Ish, Kan Be'ones, Kan Be'rason. Last answer, I can tell you, both cases are talking about Eshet Ish, and both cases are talking about Ones. Kan Be'eshet Kohen, Kan Be'eshet Yisrael. The law is like this. In Eshet Yisrael, meaning a regular Yisraelite wife, if she had relations Eshet Ish, Be'ones, she does not become forbidden to her husband. So therefore, in that case, the only time it's going to be Me'uvat Lo Yukhalit Kon is if there's a Mamzer. However, there's a Hiddush in the Torah that in Eshet Kohen, a wife of a Kohen, if she has... Adultery, Eshet Ish, even if it's an honest, even if it's against her will, she comes forbidden to her husband. So there's a special law by Eshet Kohen that even honest forbids her to her husband. They learned that from a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, by a regular lady, that when does she become forbidden? If it wasn't against her will. Implying that what? If it was Nitpas, if it was against her will, then already she is permissible. But that's only said by Yisraelit. But, vihi, by her, but by somebody else, by an ancient Kohen, even if it's against her will, she becomes forbidden. Also, now we can answer. The Mishnah's case that says that a Mamzer was born, is talking about a regular ancient Yisrael that was done be honest. And therefore she's not forbidden to her husband. 
Because let's be honest, only if a memzer was born, then it's a case of me'uvatnu yuchalit kon. On the perpetrator's standpoint, it's crooked, it cannot be straight, because bottom line, he brought a memzer into the world. However, the b'raita that said that even the relation itself is me'uvat, that's talking about an eshet, personal relationship with eshet kohen, even if it was be'onis, she is forbidden conclusively to her husband, and therefore it's me'uvatnu yuchalit kon. Baruch Amen v'amen.